You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Friday, a meat Friday at that, in case you're wondering if you're living vicariously through our Traeger grills, smoky meatball subs, and grilled brujute wrapped asparagus. And once again, all together now, who has it better than we do? Nobody. Tyler's done a great job. He moderates chat row, takes care of my puppy Winnie, and also provides us with Meat Friday. Not in that order. But uh, the uh, meatball subs, they are uh, being prepared as we speak. So in about 40 minutes from now, it is go time here. Scott Van Pelt of the Mothership will stop by coming up in uh, about 15, 20 minutes from now. Two years ago tonight, when Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz in Oklahoma City, and all of a sudden things got shut down. Public address announcer telling the uh, fans, go home, go home, go home. And everybody was going, wait a minute, what's going on? And then Sacramento had a game an hour later, and then that got shut down. Then all of a sudden it was a domino effect. And then all of a sudden... We started, and I thought it brought us closer together. We worked during the pandemic, but we also had to be thinking, what can we provide this audience? What is the angle? What are the angles? What do we do that's different? We didn't have any live sports. And we didn't miss a show. And I was as proud of that moment, that period, even though what we were going through as a a country, as I've ever been of this show because we were trying to come up with things. Now, we were helped out with Tom Brady going to Tampa. There are certain things that did happen off the field, off the court, that did give us content there. And sometimes you spend a little bit more time on something because of the timing of it if there's nothing else that's going on. Sometimes something gets buried. I mean, case in point, what's happened with the NFL just this week? Calvin Ridley, that was Monday. Nobody's talking about Calvin Ridley being suspended for a year for gambling. It became Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, now Khalil Mack. That's how quickly we move along. But you stopped sports for four months. That never happened. Golf came back a little bit. You know, we we had little pockets of sports. WWE came back. UFC came back. But it was really a slow drip with sports coming back. So we'll talk to Van Pelt because he was on the air that night when sports stopped. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. If I said a week ago, I wouldn't have believed the Aaron Rodgers story is over. An NFL player would be suspended for gambling, suspended for a year. Russell Wilson would no longer be a Seahawk. A team would give up a lot to pay a lot to have Carson Wentz as their quarterback. (laughs) I would probably say that a team would give up a lot to pay a lot to have Carson Wentz as the quarterback of their team because Aaron Rodgers, Okay. One way or another, the story was going to be over an NBA player suspended for gambling. All right. Russell Wilson, I didn't think was going to be in Seattle. So the fact that the commander said, we'll not only pay Carson Wentz's salary for a year, we'll give you a couple of draft picks. I just want to know what it was like to be on the other end of that of that phone call in Indianapolis where you're going, you're going to be kidding me. Wait, wait, they, they're going to give us draft picks and they're going to pay his salary? And I don't know who they were bidding against. And maybe that'll come out that somebody else wanted Carson Wentz. But the commanders got him. And here we are on a Friday and the Chargers have Khalil Mack. And you put him together with Joey Bosa and things are happening in the AFC West. 
Things are happening. March Madness, one of the more anticipated sporting events of the year. We get Selection Sunday coming up. And I love conference championship week. You know, you win your conference tournament, you get that automatic bid into the big dance. But the tournaments also allow us to kind of get into a rhythm because the games are really spread out. You know, the Big East starting at noon Eastern, going till late into the evening. I always love going back, thinking of that 2011 UConn team. Kemba Walker and that team caught fire in the Big East tournament. And they rode that momentum into a national championship. And that should provide hope, certainly in a year where you feel like it's even more wide open than ever. But you can dominate the Big West. That's a little different than dominating the Big East. But when it comes to March, you never know what could happen here. And it feels like every year we go, boy, the tournament's wide open. Every year, boy, the tournament's wide open. Well, there are no heavyweights because these players are going wherever they can play their freshman year. You're not going to have teams that stock up on great players or somebody's going to stay an extra year. Even Gonzaga. I mean, Gonzaga was a great team last year. They might even be better this year. Are they the favorites? Probably so. You know, can Duke... You know, I watched Duke against Syracuse. That's a game where you go, okay, Buddy Beheim is out, got suspended. Duke just got embarrassed at home on Coach K-Day. And I would have thought, if I was a betting man, boy, Duke's going to put a beat down on Syracuse. And I give Syracuse and Jim Beheim a lot of credit. Because, you know, that game was up in the air until the final couple of minutes there. But that's where, if you're Coach K and you're trying to get your team's attention, and people always, you know, will have this... Is it better to lose going into your conference tournament? Uh, You know, sometimes that's the wake-up call and you need them. You know, James Harden talked about that last night. You know, this was good for us. You know, that, that, you know, we got our butt kicked. Was it? I don't know. At this time of the year, did they need a reality check? Were they starting to believe that they were actually the next Shaq and Kobe? They got roughed up at home by the Nets. And uh, here's Kevin Durant on shutting up the Philadelphia crowd. He already knew we had his back, but it just felt good to quiet all of them down midway through the game. And, you know, it was very quiet towards the end. We didn't hear no more Ben Simmons chance from, from the Sixers fans. There was more Nets fans in here than anything. So it was good. Yeah, and it comes back to the age-old question that I have, and that's James Harden. I, I don't worry at, uh, at all about Joel Embiid, but I do worry about James Harden. You know, you go three for 17 you got to step up in a big moment. You want to be an all-time great? This is when you do it. And I don't know if it matters to him. I truly don't. You know, I, I watch him. I'm fascinated with him. It's the same thing with Russell Westbrook. I'm fascinated. But that doesn't mean I want him on the, my team. Harden, Harden gives you those nights where you go, man, does he make it look easy. You know, Westbrook, he doesn't make it look easy because he's constantly moving. I mean, he... he, he you know, shows, displays so much energy. Harden is just a chill. Like, he's, he's a jazz song. It just feels like there's a vibe to him. And he moves to his, you know, his own beat there. But I'm watching last night, and this was hyped. It was, it was tense. It felt like something. And then all of a sudden, it's gone. It's over. And I went, wow, that was quick. That's one of those where you go, boy, it's going to go 15 rounds. And then you, all of a sudden, you know, you're Tyson. You're on the floor looking for your mouthpiece. That's what it felt like. And, uh, and maybe they turn out to be the next Shaq and Kobe. Maybe they win a couple of championships here with uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden. Uh, not everybody's buying into that, including 
Shaquille O'Neal. Right here, right now, would you be willing to crown Embiid and Harden as the next Shaq and Kobe? No. Ooh. Me and Kobe had eight years of damage together. No, not even close. Stop it. If they won one championship, would they be no. in the conversation? Listen, N O H no and F no. <laughs> That's on Shaq's podcast. Who's asking that question and sounding so surprised? You gotta be kidding me. Of course there won't be another Shaq and Kobe. It just won't. God. Such a disservice. I mean, these are two of the greatest. They're Goliaths. They did things in the postseason. You know, they weren't just regular. I mean, nobody's won anything here. Like, you want to be Shaq and Kobe? You want to be a great dynamic duo? I would lessen, you know, I would lower my my goal there. Not not that Harden and Embiid are the ones that christened themselves this. At least I don't think they did. But, man. How about how about Duncan and uh, Tony Parker? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like, let's start a little lower here. And those guys won five titles. At least Duncan did. Oh, these damn hot takes. Man, they're the next Shaq and Kobe. No, they're not. All right. Uh, poll question for the final hour. What are we going with here? Well, we had the uh, original one, best duo in um, basketball. Yeah. And our audience disagreed with Jamal Crawford, who said he was like, no doubt it's KD and Kyrie. Yeah. Our audience still has 50% at Steph and Clay, which is okay. really interesting. Well, I think they're likable, but I would not put them up there right now because I don't know what's going to happen with Clay. I don't know what he can give you the rest of the season. Um, Kyrie's controversial. That, that's why people, but when he's playing at a high level, wow. I know KD can play at a high level. He's kind of must-watch in a way. Yeah, he is. He's, he's yeah. one of those players. Do you want to switch it up to uh, the, a week ago story I wouldn't have believed? Sure. That's fun. do that. Final hour. Great. Strongest field at the PGA Tour. Teeing off on one of the great golf courses, TPC Sawgrass. Watched a lot of it yesterday, and you can see it. Golf Channel, also Saturday at 1 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com to sign up couple of phone calls in here. People want to weigh in on our topic this day about music, and that is the uh, song that you hate from the artist you love. Mine was Hungry Heart by Bruce Springsteen. Yes, Paulie. There's some people who are saying that if you listen to the end of Hungry Heart, he may be hinting that he goes back to his wife and kids. In the third uh, verse, stanza, everybody needs a place to rest. Everybody wants to have a home. Don't make uh, no difference what nobody says. Not proper grammar by the way ain't nobody like to be alone does that mean he doesn't want to be alone no i think he's trying to justify leaving his wife and kids in baltimore jack and who's jack by the way looking into it yeah. we 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 think people think on the the twitters that and he actually realized what he had and went back home yeah but he says i i took a wrong turn and just kept going i met her in a kingstown bar we fell in love i knew it had to end well, he still cheated on his family, but if you listen to the song, like that should be a song that's on Nebraska where it's really, really dark and somber. Not, got a wife and get yeah. them all over. Like, no, it's not a happy song. Yeah, see. I mean, it's the part that they're pointing to about him going home is that like later in the song, he says everybody uh, needs a place to rest. Yeah. Everybody wants to have a home. 
don't know, don't make no difference what nobody says. Ain't nobody like to be alone. Well, he wasn't alone on the road, Jack. Can we get Bruce Springsteen and just ask one question? Yeah, we just say, can Bruce, can you come on and I ask you about Hungry Heart and that's all I'll ask you about. Yes. Yeah, okay, you can only have one question, though. Are you going to go with Hungry Heart or Speedball Bayou? I would do Hungry Heart. You would rather not know. You'd, Bruce, why did you say he could throw the Speedball Bayou? Because that might have been, you know, in his little league that they, man, he could throw a Speedball. I don't like it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I th- I'm thinking maybe that's just local. That's what they would call it. But no, Hungry Heart. Like, Bruce, why is it so upbeat? Like, I got to make that, you know, the, the ghost of Tom Joad. Like, I got to have it, like, dark. And, man, I don't know what I was doing. I, you know, I went out for a ride, and I was never coming back. And so I'd have it a little bit more somber like that. Not cheery, upbeat. Damn. Damn three-piece. Damn three-piece. <laughs> Jimmy in Kentucky joins us. Hi, Jimmy. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. Good morning, man. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, uh, 63-235. All right. From the great state of Kentucky. Um, you guys want to watch the SEC tournament start tonight? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, see, so it, it actually started Wednesday, but it really truly don't start until tonight when Kentucky takes the floor against Vanderbilt. That's when it amateur hour is over. Mm. Um, but if you want the worst, you've got the worst. The worst song by the band named Kiss, I Was Made for Loving You. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, I don't think the SEC starts tonight, the tournament, when Kentucky plays Vanderbilt, by the way. Yes, Paul. There is a uh, article by a baseball writer named Craig Calcaterra who wrote about Springsteen's use of speedball in that song, and he did a deep dive to find out if the word speedball was ever used in the place of fastball in the history of baseball. He says he found a handful of references where a guy had a great speedball, but it was not a commonplace term ever in baseball history. But between 1918 and 1955, he did find some articles mm. where speedball was used. That said, hmm. the writer said there doesn't seem to be any real justification for using that over the word fastball for just in a, in a song. How about he was bringing some cheese, man? What? <laughs> I could have come up with something other than speedball. What do you rhyme with bringing cheese, though? I don't know. Please? Yeah, all right. Squeeze? Yeah. Sneeze? To your knees? Mike in Arizona. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind today? Hey, Dan, uh, another outstanding, entertaining week uh, this Thank week. Thank you, bud. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back a ways, but I'm, I'm doing this for Todd. Um, and he's not necessarily one of my favorite artists, but a legendary, the legendary Glenn Campbell and Rhinestone Cowboy. It's a horrible song. And we get two for one on that. Because that also gave us the equally horrible old movie with uh Robert Redford, Sylvester Stallone, and Dolly Parton, I think. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you, Mike. Um, yeah, Robert Redford wasn't in Rhinestone Cowboy, the movie? That was Sylvester Stallone and Dolly Parton? Yes, Todd. Was there a Midnight Cowboy with Robert Redford? No, Midnight, Midnight Cowboy was John Voight. Well, yeah. I'm thinking of Electric Cowboy. Wasn't there something? The electric with, Cowboy. That might have been Robert Redford. There's like lights all over Yes, him. he was the Electric Cowboy. Yeah. What's wrong with Rhinestone Cowboy? I'm okay with that. Like Wichita Lineman by Glenn Campbell. Still on the line. Good good, good stuff. Rhinestone Cowboy's dope. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Awesome song. Yeah. I met Glenn Campbell late in his life, and I showed up to play golf at the Arizona Country Club. 
and I put my bags down, and Glenn Campbell's there. And he says, Dan, who are you playing golf with? And I went, hi, Glenn. I'd never met him before. And I said, um, oh, I'm, I'm playing with a friend who's a member here. And he goes, if you need to play with somebody, you let me know. And I went, I'll be damned. Glenn Campbell just said hello. And I was big fan, used to watch his uh, Glenn Campbell Entertainment Hour, I think is what it was. But uh, Glenn Campbell, Rhinestone Cowboy, I'm pretty good with that. All right, we'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. And we'll uh, check in with Scott Van Pelt, the uh, Sportscaster of the Year. Van Pesey will join us coming up next here, Dan Patrick Show. And now a message from Discover about real rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something you actually want, something you can actually use, something like cashback match. Discover matches all the cashback you've earned at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, because when it comes to rewards, you can't go wrong with cashback match. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. More phone calls coming up. It's a meat Friday. I just went out to check the Traeger grills. Those meatball subs, man, do they look good. You can have the asparagus with the brujute, and I'm okay with that. But as far as the meatball sub, we'll have those uh, coming up in about 20 minutes. All right. Uh, Scott Van Pelt, popular uh, anchor for ESPN, the mothership, sportscaster of the year. Van Pizzi joining us on the program. How are you, Scott? I'm really good. I, I Watching you say brujute, brujute. was a, an early, early highlight of my day. That was, uh, that was something. Uh, do you wanna, stuff up there. Do you want to be in the contest here of bad song by a great artist or great band? Uh, sure. I'll, I, I'll, uh, I'll throw one out there. Okay. Um, and this has been heavily in, influenced by my uh, running mate, Stanford Steve, because he hated this song and it made me hate this song. It's Blue Christmas by Elvis. Okay. And the... The more I heard it throughout the holiday, and I would hear the uh uh and I thought, oh, it's not, it's not good, is it? It's unpleasant. And then there's the people in the background kind of wailing like dogs. Um, Blue Christmas by Elvis is, a, a, is not a song I enjoy. Do you turn it off, or do you change channel? I think I, endure, I think I just endure it oh, okay. because I feel like it's not that long. And, you know, Christmas, you get a small window with the holiday music, which I do enjoy. Uh, but I don't like Blue Christmas by Elvis. Yeah, I don't like when we have known artists do Christmas songs. No? Like Paul McCartney simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Well, that's a horrendous song, too. <laughs> it's, it's just, I, There's some bad Christmas songs. Yes, but on are. the other hand, well, like Mariah Carey, I mean, she's she's got a whole a whole slew of fine Christmas music. Well, she's the queen of Christmas. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So that's that's my entry. Okay. That was it. That was all I wanted to talk to you about. Is, uh, thanks, Dan. <laughs> Everyone, thanks good. Family's good. Everything's great. Everything's right. good. Right uh, two years ago today... What was the schedule like when you were going to do Sports Center at the end of the evening? Oklahoma City's playing Utah, and you probably thought that's somewhere in the rundown, maybe. Yep. But yep. what what was your thought process the day sports started to die two years ago tonight? What I remember vividly, Dan, about that week was this horrible feeling of 
this this creep, this this tide that was slowly rising and it was closing in and it was it felt like a matter of time. And I remember specifically thinking about the Big Ten tournament because that year my beloved Maryland team was good. They want to share the Big East and Maryland wasn't going to play until Friday today because they were one of the top four seeds. And I just remember thinking, I just hope they get to the game. But then I remember like thinking, get to the game, meaning what? Not, not that the, everything would stop, of course. And that night, and, and Dan, you'd, you'd be able to relate to this so well, having done it for, for years. You're, you're watching games. You're keeping tabs on what's happening. I was going to be doing cut-ins, which is the thing you see during halftimes of the NBA games. And we've got, you know, six or seven monitors, maybe more in um in the one room we were in because we were running an illegal sports book out of this area <laughs> uh, i'm kidding uh but we're watching and you could see something was going on in oklahoma city but we didn't have the sound up and so then we potted the sound up to what's what is this well the officials just came running out and you know twitter being what it is you're, you're getting you know indications something's wrong then it's like maybe someone's sick and then I run up and it's Woj telling us that, that, that something it's Gobert and the season's done. And you're like, oh, my God. I mean, it, it went from zero to 100 like that. And then the reality of it lands like a like an absolute anvil on your head for what it meant. Because in looking back, I mean, I don't believe this is hyperbole to say it. The NBA and Gobert's positive completely changed the direction of COVID in the United States of America. Yeah. Be because when the NBA said we're done and the NHL followed suit and then, you know, awfully uh, the, the, the NCAA tournament said we're done because that that's, was nothing that could be revisited, unfortunately. You know, obviously Stanley Cup and the NBA were able to continue. But I just – it was incredible from around 8 o'clock Eastern that night to going on live because the Kings-Pelicans game – which they were going to play. Yeah. And then I think it, the reality for them landed like, what the hell are we doing? Like, we're not doing this. Of course, there was an official that had, had been in the Utah game not a couple of days earlier, and the Pelicans are like, why? Like, Because remember mentally where we were then. It was this, this horrifying thought that if you got it, what did it mean? Maybe we were, you were doomed. So I don't know. There were just so many things swirling. Uh, and with the benefit of a couple of years, it's interesting sort of how some things are maybe more clear and – um, it was a lot, man. But how do you think history is going to treat Rudy Gobert? Well, I mean, they'll always remember him doing what he did with the microphones and, and making light of it. Um, but I, I, I remember this, Dan, I remember that night saying to Roy Shung on, on the air, and I said, I tried to be as clear as I could. I said, I'm, I'm thinking out loud. I'm not trying to play doctor here because we didn't know. But I said, is it maybe a good indication that Rudy felt well enough that he wanted to play, but they told him he couldn't, you know, because you know what I'm saying? Like at that point in 2020, if you're positive for COVID, like, Oh God, maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to die by tomorrow. Well, as it turned out, and this particularly in the athletic world, gratefully that, that really, nobody really got that horribly ill there. I mean, uh, in professional athletics. Um, and I think they'll remember that he acted like an idiot and he was too casual with the doing, making fun of things. Um, but they'll remember hit. They'll always remember his name because he was the first big time athlete. And I think they'll remember that he was the one that made the NBA slam the brakes, which led everybody 
and our country to take it, take it much more seriously than they had been prior to that Wednesday night. Paulie and I were talking about this recently, that we went two months without any live sports. And this is three hours that I'm doing a show. Yeah. You're doing a highlight show, so you kind of build in highlights in a highlight show. At what point did a light go on and say, this is the direction, let's pivot, and we can still do this every single night? I don't want to be over, you know, not, I just don't want to be dramatic about it because there were people doing far more um, important work. We all understand this. I just say that for someone whose job it is to, to do an hour-long show about the night sports and the highlights, and there are none, it, it was mentally just you got to a point where it was just like, what are we going to do? And let's remember the direction of the conversation at the time, Dan. We had the George Floyd murder in Minnesota, in Minnesota. We had the Bubba Wallace incident in, in Talladega, which, you know, people, what was that? It was that it was simply just an innocuous thing that happened to be in his stall, whatever the case might've been. But remember the tenor of the conversation in our country and a lot of that occupied our time. And there's a, a segment of our population that always wants you to stick to sports. And I remember thinking I'd happily stick to sports. I just, <laughs> I'd love for you to tell me what they are because I'm, I, I'm, I'm fresh out of sports over here. And we were, we creatively came up with stuff. I, I remember um, thinking, and it's interesting, our president, Jimmy Pitaro, had some a, a very similar idea, and we all kind of lumped it together. Just how do we honor people whose seasons ended? Because there were so many athletes across the country that were on the cusp. Think of where we are right now. You're ready to crown a champion in some sport. Maybe it's hockey. Maybe it's uh, basketball or whatever. And we we came up with the concept of senior night, and that became um, – it, it, it benefited them maybe, but it certainly benefited us. We needed content. And, and, and it was really cool to find out that that meant things to people around the country. We were really, really, you know, proud that we were able to, to, to honor them appropriately. And then we had, then we had, you know, last dance and we turned the last dance into content and yeah, salute to our groups. Salute to my guy, J Mac, Jace McCallum is a, one of our, producers on the show he went back to him through the bulls season and found bad beats from the bulls <laughs> from the bulls 1996 season and we're showing bad beats and it was i remember people thinking oh my god like because you imagine being some poor guy that was on the wrong end of a beat you know however many years ago and now now you're reliving it again thinking yeah i had the jazz that night or whatever but um i it we we, I think we talked to Jeff Passan like 42 times. We talked to Adrian Wojnarowski, probably the same, because it was some version every day, Dan, you remember it, of the same thing. Hey, what do we think they're going to do? What's the bubble going to look like? When might they compete? What are the protocols going to be? It was, um, it was just, you, you did it three times more than I did, uh, three hours more a day. I, did, I just wonder this, did you mentally did you just feel like i don't know that i can continue to do this like did you feel like your brain was in a knot at times it was strange coming in i, I you don't have any choice you have to do it but i remember it takes me about 12 minutes to get to work and it felt like those 12 minutes i would dread because i was like i i don't know how to do this now and and look I, we we have it great and i'm not i don't mean to diminish anything this of is course. just our vacuum my world trying to entertain this audience. And I'd come into Paulie and I'd go, what do you got? 
Christ. And I, I, I never relied on, I don't think we relied on each other so much over that two month span because I said, we still have to do it. We may not, we may be, you know, whining and moaning, and, but we got to do it. We're a diversion for people around the country. We, I don't care what it is. We got to do it. And, you know, we just, our ratings went up. Mm. Our, our audience grew with no sports because I, I think our approach was a smart approach. But, you know, we were all in it together. And I said to the audience, I don't have answers. No. But we're trying and we'll be here every single day for you. But I just remember, I don't know if I've ever had a challenge like that where you did have Tom Brady. That was a great story. Story. Like we had moments, pockets where you're going, oh, let's grab onto that. And you would hold on to that life raft a little bit longer because you didn't have anything else to talk about. Uh, And and you made something that maybe was not as big, a little bit bigger uh, as a result. But it was, I'll look back on that as one of the proudest moments I've ever had with this show. And you probably, I'm going to guess, look back on what you guys did two years ago, the start of two years ago with your team. Without a doubt, Dan, I, I think what it speaks to, and you certainly have this, is, there, is a relationship with the audience. And when the, when, the, when the audience knows you, and they know you sort of, they know your voice, they know what you stand for, they know who you are, they, they know you're not going to try to BS them. And, and when you're just trying to get through all of it together, and you recognize that what you are, and, and we got some wonderful notes from people yeah. that, that you represent this thing, you're some light that's on, and it's comfortable. And I'm thinking, I'm glad it's comfortable for you because I'm, I'm over here. Like I'm a one man band playing a kazoo and banging on the drums <laughs> like a chimpanzee. I'm just trying to make noise for the hour. And, but yes, I mean, certainly the, 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 the senior night stuff, uh, it was, it was, it felt great to be able to give somebody something. Just, I see you, I acknowledge your team and we know you were almost did something awesome and it got taken no one's fault, right? But what's, what's incredible right now, two years later, last week I was down in Durham for, for Carolina Duke and, and I, you know, you're in the building for that last game. And more than anything, I was just struck by what 9,400 people sound like, what it feels like, the energy, the, the shared experience. And then this sport, what, what sport provides. Like Duke was there for a party and Carolina was not there for a party, man. They were there to win and they did. And all of what, go, just coming home from that, I was just moved by the shared experience, the sound of it, the feeling of it. And then the theater of what sports and only sports are. And I, I know you and I both, we've talked about this, just how fortunate we feel to, to do what we do and to catalog this and to get to know the people that do it. And then just, then just to watch the games. And God, without the fans there, which credit to all the sports that came back, because watching sports help. But fans make sports what they are. They really do. And years from now, when we look back on that year, the NFL played games with nobody. It's just so odd. It's so jarring. And then it became jarring when we saw people there again. You had to reacquaint yourself with what all that felt like. So it's, um, I don't know, man, it's wild. In some ways, it feels like it was 100 years ago. And in the midst of it, it felt like it would never end. You know, it was just this quicksand that you just were trying to keep your head and keep your mind afloat. And um, I don't know, it wasn't an honor. I don't know. It's just what we are lucky enough to do. But I'm, 
I was proud of what we tried to do then. Just like the same thing that you're, you know, you're going to fill three great hours today and every day. That's what you do. And that's what we try to do. Great to catch up with you as always, Scott. Congratulations on the honor of Sportscaster of the Year. I appreciate that. I, I, you know, I got a nice phone call. I I tied Ernie Johnson, didn't beat him, but I tied him. So I'll, you know, I'm happy. I don't know if we have to cut a trophy in half. I don't care. I got something. But it's like a tie goes to the runner. So it's okay. I mean, you were safe at first and you, you get to have a trophy. You get to have. I kick Ernie Johnson's ass in a 40. I, I really feel like I would. Really? No, I don't. I'd probably pop a hamstring <laughs> in an Achilles. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Be well, Dan. That's Scott Van Pelt, ESPN Sports Center anchor. Yeah, he and uh, Ernie Johnson share Sportscaster of the Year this year. Can they settle it somehow? Hmm. Or, or just enjoy it? No, they're, they're like the uh, high jumpers at the Olympics. They agree to it. Yeah, they just say, hey, let's tie. And then they hug each other. And then they jump into each other's arms. I mean, that was quite a celebration that they, they tied for the gold medal. All right, we'll come back. Uh, if you're watching on Peacock, we'll unveil our uh, meatball subs, smoky meatball subs there. And uh, Fritzy's got mock headlines about the baseball lockout ending and more phone calls coming up as well. Take a break. We'll close up shop after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Mike check. Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. Close up shop as we always do every meet Friday. To the boys in the back, do the newsletter. Tyler does the cooking. Mario, Weeks, Ray, Rob, all together now. Thank you. Also, the big German and uh, Dylan, who do a great job as well. Butcher Box, uh, we opened up the Butcher Box this week, and we had some food in there that we have uh, been cooking all week long in our Meat Friday. Sign up today, butcherbox.com slash Patrick. Get two pounds of ground beef free in every order in a $10 coupon. That's what we're using today for the meatball, the smoky meatball subs that uh, Tyler made. So great stuff as always. Final results of the poll question. We'll uh, get to more phone calls and this day in sports history. All of that coming up. Oh, Todd. Okay. All right. Todd has uh, sent me this a couple of times. It's mock headlines. It's uh, mock headlines due to the baseball lockout. There's only like six or seven of them. Right. I could do it real okay. quick. Okay, here we go. Right said Manfred. Commish too sexy for this lockout. All right, right said Fred. Okay. I think we've used that before. Got some laughs in the video. I like that. I like the laugh. All right, here we go. All right. Designated quitter. Which side caved first? Okay. All right. Universal designated hitter now. That's a good game. deal. All right. Union and the snakes. Things almost came undone, but now new moon on Thursday, April 7th. 
The Duran Duran reference, Union of the Snake. They have wow. Union no, and the Snake. That's that's not good. Come undone, gotta, New Moon on Monday. No, you got to know your audience. Really, Duran Duran. It's like three no, songs in one there. No, no. These are these are you know people who know good music. Slackerjack, nuts to think all is forgiven. All right, close. Play balls. Owners, players, drop macho act. Save season. Okay, go blue or go home. This is a little bluer. Here we go. Okay. America's ass time? It stunk for a while, but let's wipe slate clean. Can you say that? It's Man, are we desperate? America's ass time. Are, are it we, stunk for a while, but let's wipe slate des- clean. No, I got I it. Know. I don't know. I didn't even know if I'm about to say that. And my last one, and my last one was, holy shift. They're going to play? Okay. Right. <laughs> That's a good finish. It's <laughs> a good finish. God. I got America's it. ass time. I know. I got you, Tom. I got you. <laughs> FCC lines them. No, I got you. I got you. You know who gets fined? I do. No, it comes Not out you. of your own pocket. Yeah. It's inappropriate. Yeah, yeah Paulie. We have a little bit of breaking news. Okay. Uh, a big acquisition for America as a country. Rebecca Lowe of NBC Sports, now an American citizen. All right. Yeah. Huge pickup for us. Huge pickup. We, I think we acquired... MMA writer uh, Ariel Hawani earlier in the week. So that's yeah. a good week for America. Yeah, I like that. Rebecca Lowe, love, lovely person. Uh, the letdown song, I guess, as we're calling it, the song that uh, you hate by an artist you love. Barry in Long Island is back. Hi, Barry. Good morning, fellas. Uh, to add to your in-depth uh, analysis of Hungry Heart, uh, Seton has great ears because the song was actually sped up to uh, make it a little peppier. And uh, Bruce also wrote it for the Ramones. Oh. The, uh, the um, mm. artist I love is Elvis Costello. Uh, I've seen him at least 20 times, uh, many times blissfully and unapologetically alone. Uh, <laughs> but the song I hate, Watching the Detectives. Okay. Mm. And it's, uh, it's a good thing. In concert, he plays a longer version. So uh, when I hear it begin, I know I can uh, go to the bathroom and get a beer. Okay. That's a hot take. Thank you, Barry. I didn't know Springsteen wrote Hungry Hard for the Ramones. I wonder how the Ramones would have recorded this because they would have been (laughs) up-tempo. One, two, three, four. (laughs) (laughs) Elvis Costello, pump it up. I saw Elvis and the Attractions long, long time ago. And uh, a big, big fan of Elvis. That's a good band. It goes something like that. Yeah. Scott in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> Scott in Kansas City. Hi, Scott. I don't know how I'm going to follow that, Mr. Pedro. You can do it. My call. You Thanks can. for taking my call again. Great band. Bad song. You got another thing coming by Judas Priest. Mm, Thank you very much okay. for taking my call. All right. I don't. I don't know if that ha- that that gets a real reaction there with Judas Priest. I don't know if Judas Priest is in the rotation of uh, music that uh, we listen to. Yes. Should be though. Well, right. Rob Halford and Judas Priest. Did he wear leather like he was uh, he head to toe in leather? This day in sports history, Paulie. Nineteen seventy nine. Randy Holt of the Los Angeles Kings was penalized nine times for sixty seven minutes in the first period of a game against the Flyers. 1990, Jennifer Capriati, at age 13 years old, played her first professional tennis match. That's a great call there. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's it. That's the two biggies. 
1892, the first public basketball game is played at the Armory Hill YMCA in Springfield, Massachusetts. Students beat the teachers five to one. I had the teachers plus three and a half. Lost that one. Bad beat. That was a bad beat. Bad beat indeed. Final results of the poll question there, Seton O'Connor. A week ago, our audience wouldn't have believed, 63% of the audience wouldn't have believed a team would give up a lot, uh, would pay a lot to have Carson Wentz as their quarterback. Yeah. That was, took everybody by surprise. A little mean-spirited there. Yeah. Uh, Michael in Maine joins us. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind today? Hey. Hey. How are we doing today? Great. Sorry, last time I was in a meeting and I had all the speakers going, so you had that feedback, so I apologize. But uh, okay. I love that Harry Kane. I wanted to tell you about the goal that he did uh, a couple weeks ago, but you guys were on vacation, so I did a little uh, limerick for him. All right. One of my favorite soccer players, Harry Kane. Yes. Okay. Okay. Ode to Harry Kane. My mother's maiden name is Kane. Three of the boys are the same. Marvin's no chump. He's great in the front. And Harry's goals have been insane. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Michael. The fact that he'd have a limerick about Harry Kane. Got to love this audience. Uh, what we learned on the program. Let me start back left with Todd Fritz. Fritzy, what did you learn today? Jamal Crawford was once asked by Michael Jordan to play a young version of himself in a Gatorade commercial. Yeah, but he didn't. He wasn't dunking in the commercial. They had to bring somebody from the Harlem Globetrotters in to do the dunking in that commercial. Seton O'Connor, what did you learn today? Jamal Crawford still gets buckets. Yeah, he Give him can. a 10-day, he'll get you some buckets. Yeah, he said, look, I can give you 20 minutes right now. Marvin, what did you learn on today's program? Jamal Crawford used to sing to DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, what was the song he sang? Hypnotized by Biggie. Yeah, to help his free throw shooting. Paulie, what did you learn today? Songs you hate, good content. Todd, what did I learn on today's program? Hate to, to end on a mean-spirited note, but when Marvin fist pumps Paulie in the front row, it's more like a little tap from a young child. Okay, yeah. He gave uh, he gave Fritzy or, or uh, Marvin gave uh, Paulie some dap, and I said, "Well, it's like a little baby dap, is what it is." <laughs> so. What we learn brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. That's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year and does it automatically. Learn more at discover.com slash match limitations to apply. Safe weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday, Dan Patrick Show.